You're listening to the Understarters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Understarters Orders Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back for another week of the Understarters Orders podcast. You may not have been expecting to see my face this week, but um, I think quite a few of you will recognise me. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm Lauren. Hope you can all understand my dull, brummy accent, but if you can't, then I mean, good luck to you with the rest of us who are joining tonight. Let's get them in, shall we? We've got our usual host from up north, it's Chris, Tel- Chris Telford. Hiya Chris, you alright? Good evening Lauren, alright, yes, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. We've also Excellent. got our resident Cockney, Steve Edwards. Yes. Here he is. Good folks. All right, Steve. And can you hear me? We can hear you. Yeah, you're on. Good. And all the way over from the Emerald Isle, of course, it is Declan Carroll. Welcome on, Deck. Evening, guys. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you. All good, thanks, Deck. Right, we're going to kick it off. We're going to Newbury, first of all, on Saturday. We're starting off with Hackwood. Seven runners in the Group 3, six furlong sprint. Nearly 40k prize to the winner. Kings Lynn tops the market around 5-2. to two. We've also got Diligent Harry at 11-4. Tab Deed, 3-1. Happy Romance is 10s. And then Bigger, the final three. So Kingsley had two runs at Royal Ascot, didn't he? Um, finished less than a length behind Rohan, a real fan favourite from this season, definite favourite of mine. Um, and he ran earlier on in the week in the King's stands as well, finishing just under four lengths behind the eventual winner, Oxted. Um, do you think he looks like the winner of this to you, Stephen? Uh, I think nine to four is a bit short, if I'm honest. Obviously, the King's stand form is... Very strong, but I personally I'd be trying to find something a, a bit better value. I suppose the, the Kingstown would be the strongest bit of form in this race, but you bring the Wokenham form in against sources that have actually got a little bit of group form. Um, Diligent Harry, is actually, he's actually got good form, but I've just realised actually this is actually going to be his first race on turf. So he actually beat Tab Deed slightly at Newcastle, but Tab Deed had a, he missed a kick that day and it was his first run of the year and he, he sort of finished really strongly late, so I'd expect him to sort of uh, possibly overturn the form of Diligent Harry. Um, I'm going to sort of throw, I'm going to keep it short and sweet really, but I'm, I'm going to throw one out there a bit of a price. I didn't suggest back in Happy Romance the other week, I think I stuck up saying else in the race, but I did say as a 40 to 1 shot in a cold charge, it returned back to his juvenile form, we'd have a really good chance. And it was her best run for a long, long time. She actually missed a break. She was still in a lot of trouble with Furlong out, and she, in the end, with another few strides, she might well have beat Arecibo and uh, came in from the dark. So I think 10 to 1, getting nearly a stone off the boys, uh, would be my token uh, effort in this race. Yeah, she won on this uh, card last year, didn't she? Stay in that super sprint. Super sprint, yeah. Mm. Okay, so happy romance for Steve. Deck, are you going any further down the betting than that? We've got a couple more methods at tens, Royal Commander at twelves. Either one of those for you? No, like I think Method had a bright start to his career, but since last summer he's really disappointed. You know, um, we we may have got got a little excited about him last summer, but 
he, he hasn't done an awful lot since um last July. He's been he's been rather disappointing. And you now if Royal Commando was to uh, replicate his Doncaster run, he, he definitely has a chance and he'd be overpriced. But I think there's plenty of holes to be picked in him. Um, I do agree with Steve on, on Happy Romance. Um, obviously, she won on this card last year. Um, running over five furlongs um, the last day, she she was second to Arecibo. And I think on, on good ground here, um, she's got a great chance. And she's a really, really backable price. Uh, just on King's in, I'm not sure the King's stand form is stacking up too well. Um, a good few of them have ran and none of them have won since. I know... I, like I know what you're saying, see, it's a group one, and when you compare it against everything else they've ran in, obviously it's a stronger race. But with with leather at the start of the King Stand, though, didn't they? Like the race, can't, even though it's only a five furlong, the race sort of fell apart. So yeah, but none of them have won. You know, um, like Oxted has been beaten. Um, none of them, have, a good few of them have ran, and, and none of them have have followed up. So I I'm just not sure of it. Like there's a couple of those Royal Ascot races where you can you can really have it because of the draw blast as well. The first few days it, it does throw a real spanner in some of those. Yeah, but they started they came up start of the, the middle to near side, didn't they? In the King's Down, like there was no. It did, yeah. It was less of a bias. Like, split, like you know, uh, but yeah, I, I think there's just plenty of holes to be picked in the form of the King's Down. I know it's a group one and it's it's a stronger race than most of these have ran in, but. You know, we, we say every week these sprinters there's not there's not always an awful lot between stepping up to um that sort of class. Uh diligent Harry, it's his first run on turf. Uh, he was toward the, the chip chase. Um he gave or he got um seven pounds from Tabid that day. He's only getting five pounds uh Saturday. Uh Tabid is obviously last year's winner. Um uh, there wasn't a big distance between them in the chip chase. It might have been. It was less than a length anyway, I think. Uh, and he does have some decent form on, on good ground. Uh, Roy Grisset, he's beaten Glen Shale in France on good. And a lot of people like to have it have a go at Glen Shale on good ground, but I don't think his good ground form is that bad at all. And um, that, that's a decent win beating him. Uh, it's just, he it, it was so poor at Newmarket that it's hard to have any faith. Uh, but yeah, I'd be agreeing with Stay. I'd be swaying towards Happy Romance or really back of a price. Okay, two for Happy Romance there. Chris, is this going to be the classic third for the podcast? It's not, unfortunately. <laughs> um, just question about the ground, guys. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's saying good to soft. Saying good to soft. And obviously, we're, looking, good at, good we're looking at heat waves in uh, for the next few weeks. So. Yeah, you're round, looking yeah. at probably really good ground for the. For the, for, I mean, so close to the event now. Good. Yeah, yeah, there shouldn't be any excuses, you would think, for any of these, really. It's, you know, it's good sprinting ground, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a shame Nahar doesn't um, run here, actually, because he would have been a banker for me. Uh, I've, I'm going for Diligent Harry myself. He, I don't think he'll be far away if he takes to the turf. Admittedly, I think he's the one in the field with the potential to be better. He's a maiden on turf. He's he made an, This is his maiden turf run. He could be better than what he's shown so far. Uh, a bit of an unexpected front runner last time at New, Newcastle. I thought he was third to chill, chill in that chip chase. He was a bit more value for that, I thought, because he, yeah, he tried to go. Yeah, he tried to go with good effort all the way through that race, and good effort is a real speedster on the all weather. And I think that was a decent effort myself. Um, 
he's a real speed horse over the six furlongs. You know, the, the others, Royal Crusade, I think the ground is against him slightly. I think you'd need to, you'd need to forgive his really poor 2020 campaign. Kings Lynn, a little bit, probably better over five, I think. Um, but this could get this race run to suit with a bit of pace to aim at, you know, with Diligent Harry probably going to go from the front. I don't think it'll be blistering. Tab Deed's taken the same route as last year when he won because he, he ran in the chip chase last year as well and then came here and won. But that race completely fell apart last year because of, I think it was the course of goal that took them along and that was blistering. That was real blistering pace. And he was blistering when Dakota Gold's taking you along. Yeah, it, well, it, you know, you know, you're going to stay. You're going to get the trip then if you if yeah. you're from behind. I think the ground is the biggest factor for me, and you know, I, and I, Adam's back on board, diligent Harry. I think he didn't partner him last time. at Crouch did. I think better fraction set with him. I'm going to take that he's got a bit more potential coming onto turf into consideration, as I think the others have a few question marks about him. So I'll go for diligent Harry myself. Okay, so two for Happy Romance and Chris, you're sticking with Diligent Harry. So let's move on then to the next one, another Fast and Furious one. Did you, did you give us one? one? I, didn't, no, I didn't want to really want to give you one because if I give you the favourite, which is I, I think oh, is the best pick, you're yeah. just gonna you're just gonna tear me a new one. So I'm just trying to move swiftly on. We only tear Andy apart when he picks favours. Look, Andy me <laughs> just because I haven't been on the podcast for a few weeks and I'm hosting doesn't mean I can get any lip from you. You pipe down. <laughs> on we go to the uh, to the super sprint then. So 22 runner field for this class two, two-year-old race. Chipotle tops the market. He's about twos coming here off the back of his Royal Ascot win. And he's got three out of four wins to his name. He's the standout for me. Um I did back him at Royal Ascot. Well, you, know, I, you know, I like to stick with ones <laughs> and ones through the four. So, yep, he yeah, he would be yeah. my selection, to be honest. Um, but look, 22 of them and they're only two-year-olds. So it sort of feels still like an anything could win. Um, we've also got Vintage Clarets back to five furlongs following his third in the Coventry behind Berkshire Shadow. He gets three pounds from the favourite as well. There's also Gubbass at fives with just one run to his name. Um but as we said earlier, you know, it was um, at Royal Ascot when these <laughs> and it looks to be good to soft at the moment, could end up good. So that could make all the difference to these youngsters. Um, Deck, let's come to you then. I'm sure you're going to give us a nice big price. Where are you going for this one? Uh, it's a race I, I struggle really to get stuck into. Um, does someone want to explain how the race works? Yes. Yeah, Chris, Certainly. that. Certainly, I should. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, basically, according to their auction price, if they go below that auction price, five k below that gives them an extra pound in this race. So, say as a yearling, they were up for twenty grand and they get sold for fifteen grand. You know, they can get in this race and they'll get an extra pound off the top weight. There, obviously, it's, you know, it's, they were up for more than that, weren't they? It's a really nice. It's a really nice concept. I do think it is. It brings in these lower handicapping on price. Handicapping on price, yes. Just as you like to do it over an island, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that a poor old handicapper gets an awful time over there, doesn't he? <laughs> and then he's had races like this. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's obviously Chipotle, like, she was ultra impressive um, at Ascot, particularly coming up the far side. Um, and, you know, 
the, the win was probably more impressive than, than it seems because she came up the far side and, and there was like as they mentioned already, there was a very strong bias, particularly on the days that good ground are Ascot this year. Uh, and she is unbeaten on good ground and she's definitely the worthy favourite. It's just, you know, you're getting into you're getting into weights, you know, because it's set up because of the way the, the way the race is set up. But she's probably you know, you can have a really, really highly rated horse well treated here if they're cheap. Isn't that right? Yeah, you could. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, um, it's yeah, they the have not been really showing their, their sort of best despite the price as well. I was sort of looking at Hughes' horse, you know, sort of run twice, not really Spencer books. It's not really a, my sort of the one I'm going to stick up, but it's sort of you look at horses like that in a race like this, you know. Yeah, look, there's four of them. I'd given a chance, obviously, Chipotle. Um, after that win, Araska, um, very impressive coming up the far side. Vintage Clarets was, um, he, he was big, he was toward in the Coventry. Um, I, I don't know the distance, but it was probably very, very close because uh, it looked like any of them could have won with you know 100 yards to go. Uh, the, the form of the Coventry, like the King Stand, I don't think it's very strong at all. Um, I'm not sure any of them have come out and won, and a good few have ran also. So it's uh, like they, they nearly, it was nearly a blanket finish, although they were quite spread out across the track. And it, it's it's a race we've actually knocked, I think, every week since it was ran. Uh, Gubas, he won on debut. Um, and Angel Blue has followed up twice, uh, but again, well beaten uh, in the Coventry. But Angel Blue has beaten Raging, so that that's gonna um, give Gobas a good chance. Probably the, the 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 largest price I like is Symphony Perfect. Um, he actually gets a swing in the weights with Delmona, and Delmona is half the price here. Uh, that's swinging the weights on on their last run, and um, he's he's won at bat like the step up and triple suit and. Yeah, I think in a race I haven't got too stuck into it. I think Sydney Perfect's worth a go here. Okay, Steve, let's come to you next. Where are you looking for some winnings in this uh, one? I don't think there's much value at all in looking past the front two, really. Normally for me, like the Coventry Stakes is always the sort of the main juvenile race of the meeting of Royal Escott, but I'm sort of because Vintage Clarets was stuck down that he was stuck down that stands rail. Um, he was clear of furlong out in uh, Berkshire. Shadow come and swallowed it up. The drop back of furlong you think would be right up his street, but um, I just think he had such an advantage being where he was. I've just sort of gone off it a little bit. If you watch the race again, if, you, if they ran another 50 yards, he'd have been six or seventh. He was really, really tiring late on. Like, so five furlongs are probably going to be right, like a perfect sort of trip for it, but I just can't get away from Chipotle's Chipotle, how'd you call it? I can't get away from that Windsor, the Windsor Castle performance. It, I'm not sure if it was the first one to win on the far side, but it, weren't, it was one of the, and it was a, it was pretty explosive. Um, eight stone 12. I just think this will take all the beating. I think it'll go out. And I think, what's it, seven to four now? It's very short, but. If you go back through the years, there's been short price favourites winning. There's been a few beaten as well, but normally the right horses are at the business end of the race. 
the only other one I looked at was uh, Gabas of uh, Richard Hannon's. Mm. It's probably a good chance this might turn out to be the best horse in the race, but maybe not. Maybe Saturday might come. The race might be a bit too short for it. No, he's got a Jim Crack ent uh, entry as well, which is interesting. So they obviously think it, obviously think it maybe uh, up to Pat and company, but it's only had the one run and maybe it might get out of pace Saturday. And then sort 99 of days since that last run, Steve. Yeah, so it's either come on or there's been a hiccup, or maybe they've just kept it back for this. I don't know. But yeah, that could be true. On what we've seen, uh, the favourite looks bomb-proof to me. Bomb-proof. Pretty solid on Chipotle there, Steve. Yeah. Okay, Chris, where are you going for this? Um, nowhere really, other than I'll just say something like I like uh, Chipotle sauce. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen, I know that Eve, Eve at the beginning of the season, she did say that, and I quote, he's a little bit quick, she did say about Chipotle, so and he has gone on to do well this year, so you know, it's it's a nice spectacle. Um, but nothing for me for the, on the betting front. He deserve, he's a deserving favourite, Chipotle. But mm -hmm. as Stay mentioned, that you know the Hannon horse Gubas is probably going to be the one going forward. I think could turn out to be the best horse in this race. It is interesting, like Steve says, you need to look at jockey weights because there's a lot of low weights in here. And you know Spencer's lowest weight in the last twelve months is nine, is eight seven, and he's doing eight seven. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye on stuff like that. But nothing really for myself. Please. Chris, when you're on this side, you have to give a strong opinion. Strong opinion is You just like me for not having a strong opinion on the first. <laughs> pick anyone up for anything, you will. Chipotle sauce. Chipotle sauce for the three of us then, and uh, perfect symphony for you. Right, <laughs> let's go over to Market Raisin next. The chumps are back already. Can you believe it? Yes. yes. Can you believe it? So we're first looking at the summer handicap hurdle. So this is a 15 runner race, two miles and half a furlong. Uh, we've got Hooper at the top of the market. He's looking about four to one. Camprond, nine to two. Wicked West um, won his first two starts this season already, five to one. Hang in there and Voice of Calm at sevens. Valentino Dancer at nines. Mrs. Hyde, twelves and Bigger the rest. So, Chris, I'm going to come to you first for this one, as I know you're a jumps lover. Where is your money going here? Well, let's get down to the big racing this weekend. Here we go. It shouldn't be banned. <laughs> it shouldn't be banned. It shouldn't. This is fantastic, summer jumping. Jump racing it's, in July. Yeah, it, it, it's good. It's good quality stuff, you know. Yeah, at, least, at least in the Galway play, you have proper horses, you have proper national hunt horses. Oh, so no idea is. You know, so when the Galway play comes around, an English horse mightn't get into the race. They wouldn't be rated high enough. Well, they would because the handicapper, you know, they run behind Shishkin just to get <laughs> down on them. Yeah, yeah. Blimey, first you know, meeting we're talking about and already we're mentioning Shishkin's handicap. <laughs> <laughs> next season, ever so nice, isn't it? Declan, you don't want to bring up Shishkin, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> several of these really are, are in a rich vein of form, really. I mean, I've got... Endless amounts of notes here. Comprong, you know, he was second in that uh, third, sorry, in the Swintle hurdle back in uh, Haydock in May when it was a swimming pool. Um, he did very well to finish, you know, anywhere near to close to Coppolis because 
you know, Coppolis, it looks very, very well handicapped. But you've got a bit of question. There's a lot of them in this, I think. I've got question marks regarding the ground, really. Um, he's got quite a high knee action, I feel, compound, and he'd need a bit more juice in the ground. It's a bit of a non-event that he won last time. Put him out spot on for this. Um, he won't need to improve much to land this compound, but he'll need to handle conditions, which I think, you know, may hinder him a little bit. Hooper's another one who won't be wanting for quality but he could do with a bit of rain i think and it's going to keep drying up um he, he doesn't do a tap in front and he needs delivering like right close to the line like in the last hundred yards or so he's been a bit tricky in these uh handicaps but he's run up a, you know he's run up a, a run now of five wins but these big handicaps around here on these tight turning tracks i know he did it the last twice at, at, at stratford which is quite tight as well but it's a different kettle of fish with a bigger field like this um, for myself um, his effort with reserve tank was pretty good though so he's, is he a worthy favourite you'll probably say yes he deserves to be top of the market for his efforts and his consistency I, I think he'll run well but I think he'll just be caught out by this ground um, yeah, hang in there yeah, Emma Lavelle's got two good hands here I feel like hang in there you know he's a grade 2 novice hurdle winner back in 2019 and he's, he went a little bit off off the, off the rails there's um, a lot of sixes next to his name aren't there yeah, yeah, and and then you know he he only ran six days ago, but he did that very well. He's a real gutsy runner. Um, he'll be doing all of his best work towards the end, and he'll have to overcome that six-day turnaround. But he's got Joe Anderson's twelve uh, ten-pound claim off him. Not heard much about Joe, but he has had a few winners in the yeah, past. He's, he's a talent. He's, he he has he's a bit talented, so they say. But, uh, you know. All these conditionals do well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, go, go back through. You know, in his, in his five, six-year-old days, hang in there. He's finished behind Shiskin. He's finished behind that fiddler on the roof or Santa on the roof. That was, that was a Talworth, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, he was handy for a Talworth. Yeah, he, he was. He also finished behind a decent. He, he, he actually, he was, he was actually fancied for the Talworth and anti-post dated for the Supreme Novices. <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised. Like some shrewd punter, I know. <laughs> he also finished behind when he was trained in Ireland. Latacto, who was uh, Tony Martin, horse, right? He still got sure, Tony Martin. Is that still... the, the yellow and yellow and maroon? Yes, color? the yellow yeah. and yeah, the, the colours that David Pipe has a lot of over here. Actually, yeah. I can't remember the names of them, but he has a lot of them. Uh, I still don't think we've seen the best of him um, hanging there. He'd be one for the shortlist. Voice of Calm did it well at Cart. Cartmel last time slightly flattering in the sense because it was a poor race and it fell apart for him to take up i'm not reading into anything the fact that tom bellum is riding that and joe anderson's riding the other because it makes sense to take the 10 pound off hanging there completely wicked west is one that i immediately disregarded i think this is quite hot water from what he's achieved so far um the form of that east races have taken so many shots and valentino dancer's going to need every inch of luck that he can get from them hold up tactics but you know that paddy brennan is a master of this. Others, Mrs. Mrs. Hyde looks vulnerable. Pajero's disappointed in this finish. Red Force won one it last year. He was trained by Paul Nichols. He's now with Paul Kerber. Philip Kerber. Yeah, Fergie's horse. Now trained by Philip Kerber. He'll have to shrug off a few poorer flat runs. and some poor down the weight side, Chris, well. isn't it? Carried 11, 10, 12 last year. That's... Yeah, it was a good weight carrying performance, and he did come from the back in a sense, but that was a lot softer ground that day. Yeah, so. Ascot and Rambion Gamble straight after that. So <laughs> Yeah. You know, he'll run I think, I think you know, Red Force 1 will run money. He'll be one for decent prices each way, but I'm coming back, myself, I'm coming back to hang in there. I, I think... I don't know much about Joe Anderson, but if he can if he can get this horse jumping out in front, 
I still think there's some improvement to go on him. I think we might underestimate him on that six-day turnaround, which I think is evident in the price. I think he should be shorter based on the ground because I think he'll like the ground as well. So I'll, I'll take it hang in there myself. Hang in where? Is that Chris? Hang in there. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Um, Deck will come to you next. Who are you going for? Look, if, if there was, you know, if they threw a bit of money at this race and there was much less racing than Britain, you could get some decent horses turning up here. Here we go. Uh, it's poor, isn't it? It's really, really poor. Like, I, I look, I, I'm not, I'm not having a go at you, Brits, but when you do compare Put it, on it mute to someone, will you? Yeah. <laughs> when you do compare it to the Galway, the two Galway jump races, you know that they're miles ahead of it, and you can actually have a good jump race in July if you make it a big, big event. And this could be a big, big event, but it's marketed poorly, and there's just too much racing in Britain, and and the prize money's really, really poor. But uh, Chris has covered it quite well there. Uh, I do like hanging there, as I said. He, you know, he was once fancied for a tall word, um, and and he did get an anti post bond for the Supreme. But this is definitely, definitely more his thing. Uh, he actually finished toward behind Royal Rendezvous too, Chris, when um, yeah. when he was in Ireland. Uh, he was trained by Mags Mullins. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a definite chance here. But I'd, I'd probably be going for Voice of Cam. Uh, he's, he's taken far over hurdles and he was behind Paso Doble in May and Paso Doble ran quite a good race in, in that Kempton um, four-year-old race um, the Alan King horse won it what's, what's that race? Um, oh. again. you know the, the, the Kempton four-year-old race um, I think Alan King's horse won a Tritonic Pas I think Paso Pas Doble oh. was second in that race Uh Oh, yeah. And the Adonis, is it? Yeah, the Adonis, yeah. The Adonis. Um, a voice of Cam has been behind Pass W. Pass W was obviously trained by uh, Jim Bulger. Um, I, I don't think he went in much. He won a big, big odds at Roscommon in Roscommon last summer. Look, two and four over hordes. He, he came out on one after that. Um, he's fairly unexposed. And he, he's a decent back of a price. He's, he's well worth taking on. Chris, I thought you were a little harsh on Wicked West. Now, he's still fairly unexposed, and he was running a big, big race at Newcastle last December, um, and he fell. He, he went over 100 to 1, but he's shown since, I think, that it wasn't a fluke. But, you know, how many of them, how many of them have competed in races last winter in, in, in this race? I don't know if there's too many. But, um, yeah, I just thought you were a little bit harsh on him, but... Hang in there. It, this is definitely more his thing than is, you know, when he was hitting the dizzy heights of going off short enough for, for tall warts. But it'd be voice of cam for me. This is when you'll see all these novice hurdlers coming up against these hardened, a bit more, bit more hardened handicappers, isn't it? They'll stay novices till till November. Yeah, I was going to mention. Um, there's one in here, um, Ambassador, that neither of you guys have mentioned yet. Sorry, Steve, if you were about to talk about yeah, him. Yeah, that's fine. Um, he's he's the youngest in a race, four year old. Um, he's been running um, April, May, June. He's had two runs in June. He's been second the last four times. He won before that um, as a four year old. You know, and he was he would had he was carrying eleven stone then. Um, this is for the Skelton brothers, so he could be one to um, maybe watch out for. You know, he's he's kind of a nearly horse. He's been second by a head and neck. He's getting closer and closer every time. So for quite a young one at a um, a decent price of sixteen to one, you know, in in this kind of race where 
you sort of feel like anything could win it, um, he's probably one that I'd like to just give a mention to. Um, how about you, Steve? Who have you found in this? Uh, well, like the lads, I do actually like hanging there, going back to his form back in the day, but obviously it's only a couple of years ago, but he seems to be finding his way back. The £10 claim, obviously we don't know too much about it, sort of puts me off a little bit, even though it's uh, a big help in the weights. But I'm going to go with Red Force 1. It won the race last year. Uh, definitely goes best right-handed. Uh, going from Nichols to Kirby, it's obviously not a positive, I wouldn't say, but he's dropped down the weights back to a couple of pounds off of last year's winning uh, weight. His last six runs as well have been left-handed. Air, Newcastle, Waintree, Doncaster, a couple of runs on the All-Weather. Just, I just wonder whether it might have been plotted up for this for, uh, for a repeat performance. So I'm going to stick him up at 14s. Okay, so let's just have a quick recap then, Chris. Hang in there myself. Deck, will you hang in there and what as well? No, I won't. It's voice of cam. Oh, Stay with me. The other one. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And Steve. Uh Red Fault One. Okie dokie. So on to the next one at Market Raisin then. We're looking at the Betway Summer Plate. This is a handicap chase. Grade three over two miles, five and a half furlongs. Uh, the winner gets £22,780. So, you know, another really great purse for a classic jumping British race. We've got Captain Tomcat at the top of the market. He is nine to two. Solomon Gray follows him at six to one. Frankie de Burley is at sevens, Darling Maltea eights, Fire Away and Pink Eyed Pedro are both tens, Dance Idol twelves and Bigger the rest. Um, Chris, I'll come to you first this time. Who are you looking at in this one? Well, I've been telling the lads all week when I've been on in this. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, it, everybody knows it's top Captain Tomcat. Um I'm just a big fan of him. You know, I had a conversation with the lads the other day about, you know, the British handicapper has been harsh. Yes, Andrew was mentioning that. Um, he's been very harsh. He's beaten trees and he's gone up to a mark like this and he got £15 for those latest wins. It's just ridiculous. You know, he's beaten nothing and he's getting ridiculous marks like this. You know, he's a novice and he's going to have to improve again in this race. But, you know, there's reasons to believe that he will, you know, if you look back through the form, going back to that run at Cheltenham last year when it was dominated a 19-run field all the way um, pretty close up from the front. And that wasn't that's the type of animal that he's going to meet here, in a sense, hard and more handicappers. You know, it was over hurdles, it's a little bit different, but I think he's an improved animal going over these fences. He hasn't touched a twig, his jumping's been spectacular. Ooh. He's he's, he's now six from seven on good ground. Selective viewing, I'd say. Is a good animal as well. Selective viewing. Sure, it's I don't think he's always jumped that well. I, no, I, I do think he's jumped that well. I think you, he, you, you only watched the other races, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah, you only watched the races where he won by 20 lens. Oh, no, I've watched them all. That one at Aintree was better. <laughs> that sounds a walkover. You know, unfortunately, he's you know, he's shown his hand now, hasn't it? And he's got to go here, and then he's going to probably take him Cheltenham in the autumn. And he'll still probably, he could if he wanted to, you know, if he, if he wins this, if he comes second, third, he'll still be a novice and he could run some of them decent Newton Hab Abbott. Um, you, know those, you know those grey two, three runner novice chases you have? <laughs> yeah. He can run them and finish fourth. Yeah. Well, he can, he can run around fewer Newton Abbott in them novice chases. 
uh, and he'll finish first in them ones in the summer <laughs> months. And he'll be all right up until then when he goes to uh, Cheltenham in the autumn. You go up, uh, you go up favourite at Cheltenham in October. Lots of people will be trying to get him beat, Deck. His favourite is 9-2 to now, and he deserves to be in my eyes. Even winning some pots there, Worc Worcester novice chases last twice. They contemplated the Galway play, and I will mention it, you know, but they decided to go here instead, which is pretty foolish, yeah, it is, because the prize money offer there will be better. Do you know, do you know how much the Galway plate is worth? Oh, thousand, hundred thousands. <laughs> 250 grand. Well, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And this is worth forty grand. Monopoly money don't count. You can spend hours anywhere in Europe, lads. I don't even have to change it. It's worth three. It's worth two hundred and fifty grand. The Galway Hurdle's worth three hundred grand. This race is worth forty grand, and that's what I'm saying. You know, worth less than that, lads. It's worth twenty-eight grand to the winner. Yeah, no, but it's the 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 pot is 40 yeah. grand. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's 250 for the Galway play. And that's why you have um Sam Crow being trained for it. Like, you know, um mm. and you have Captain Tom Cat here off one four seven. He must he must have looked at Shishkin at some stage, did he to get that mark? He must have. He looked. He, he literally glanced him in the eyes and got that mark. Yeah. yeah. They passed each other in a horse box somewhere on the motorway. <laughs> <laughs> he winked at him and said, I'll have a bit of your mark. There you go. <laughs> no, they did, they, Diva Racing, they did consider going there, and I'm, I'm really shocked that they didn't because they, they would have given it a bloody good go. The thing is, the Irish handicapper would have given Captain Compact quite a workable mark, I think. Well, considering the mark he's on, like he couldn't have. Yeah, he, he probably would have happened to go. I'd say it would have been less, but he would yeah. have happened to be. They don't want to fall out, like you know, it would have happened to be close enough, but he probably would have had a good laugh to himself. Let's just right. If I said this, right, say top captain Tomcat is campaigned over in your end, he wins two poxy novices over in your end and then goes to the Galway Prey. What price does he does he go off at? Yeah, but he's probably not turning up at one four seven. So if he did oh, like, yeah. if, he, if he turns up in the Galway playoff one four seven, he's no chance. But if he turns up off a realistic mark, he probably does have a chance, like yeah. That's how handicapping works. But and that's how bad our handicapper is over here. Yeah. It, it's just the inflation of the handicap, Mark. And like, <clears throat> in our beginner's chases, because we've less racing and we've less horses, the quality is higher. And, you know, that's not a dig at British yeah. racing. That's no. just how it is. There's no two ways about it. They're, yeah. they're, you know, the quality of the racing here, because it's less, it's higher. It's common sense. Yeah. So, you know... If he had a realistic mark, would he get in? Because the Galway plate is getting better and better every year because, yeah. you know, we're not selling our chases, chases anymore. Like, there's a reason why the Galway hurdle is worth more money than the Galway plate. We kept our hurdlers here. We didn't sell them. We were mm. buying all our chasers, but we're keeping them here now. <laughs> and then we're sending um, them back. <laughs> what? We're buying them. Then we're sending you, we're sending them you back. Yeah. <laughs> but even English owners want to have their horses here. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's, it's becoming more commonplace for to have more owners from England having them in Ireland. It really is. And it's really is the prize money. You the know, standard of racing is better. There is another argument that you know, if you have a horse who relies on you know particular conditions, you will have to wait longer to get a race in Ireland. You probably pick up, you know, a couple of races a month in Britain if if your horse wants certain conditions. But in Ireland, you'll have to wait. But the prize, you know. We've less horses. 
the quality is yeah. always going to be better, and um, particularly when we're keeping them here now at the moment. Well, okay, so I'll just we... summarise. I like top <laughs> captain, captain Tom Cat. You know, shouldering this weight, I've got a hope of him becoming a one fifty animal after winning this, and he's going to have to prove it. My God, he's going to have to prove it. But he looks full of potential, and this race could really be run to suit. He could gallop them into the ground for all I care. I think he'll. I think he's a good. I think he's a good bet on Saturday. Okay, Captain Tomcat. Steve, do you agree? Uh, well, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris, has, we've been talking about it most of the week, and I've sort of not had much of an opinion on these uh, jumping races, but he sort of he sort of got me hooked in on this, and I sort of uh, I do bring Chris's on money on me. He's not far off the mark, but I was trying to throw opposition at him, and he was sort of batting him away. But I looked at Pink like Pedro. He was. It was second to live life, live love, laugh. Is it in the uh, in the top? Yeah. Of yeah. That would that form alone would put him bang on his. But Chris, you're against him on the track, aren't you? No, um, not, yeah, I think I think he, this distance is what he wants, but I'm not quite sure about market raising. Yeah, you think he wants his long galloping track? Mm, it's tight yeah. right-handed, isn't it? Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'll just follow you, Chris. I'm I've got no real opinion on the race. Um, what did you make of Mercy and Prince, Chris? As you seem to have been through, you seem to be pretty solid on Captain Tomcat. What do you think of Mercy and Prince's chances? Listen, Amy's got a good chance, though. She, she has, you know, Mercy and, Mercy and Prince has been, you know, delving between hurdles and going over chases. He's back yeah. over chases here, and, you know, he, he won last time off a work of 125 over hurdles, and he's going to have to shoulder 136 now over, uh, you know, chasing again. He's 10 years old now, so he is pushing, you know, that side of veteran, you know. Yeah. Um, you you won't see him turn. You might see him turning up in them veteran veteran chases coming in soon, like Pink Eye Pedro will. <laughs> but you know, there's another one at the prices that's that's decent. You know, Peter Bowen loves this track. He absolutely loves this race. He's got Frankie Burley in there, but don't disregard Lord Brian, who was who absolutely demolished the, the field over the same course and distance. He absolutely battered a 140 rated Ballyholm, who's not exactly an amazing horse, but. He really ran well last time, and he loves a winner at market raising. And I think that Blob Brian, the one for the Bowens this year. Um, but that—that's just my opinions. I think Mercy and Prince has got a good chance, yeah. But it's Captain Tom Cup for me. Okay, Deck, come on then. You've got to give us the winner of this race. If um, if you're so sure that the Tom Cat can't do it, who who's the winner? Mm -hmm. who's, where's your money going? Look, I, I just Captain Tom Cat. Like Chris is really covered. Cool, right? He's straight from three of our fences since May. And he's got a mark of 147. Um, he obviously has some ability, but I don't think he's always jumped too well. I think um, the last day he jumped quite well, but he, was, he wasn't very fluent, um, the, the race in between. And look, is he a 147 horse right now? And I'm not so sure. On, on three races, on three chases since May, he's got that mark, and that's why I'd be keen to take him on. Now, there's a good chance everything in this race has a mark higher than it really should be, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's there's some of them in here that the handicapper definitely won't have taken a couple of looks at, and um, the the one I think is that's a given. And he's only one from seven over fences, but most of his efforts have been over three miles, and he doesn't seem to get home. He was second here in April over this trip, and like he's rated 123, and I think he could be. He might not be well in, but it might be a realistic mark. Whereas the 147 is probably not a realistic mark about Captain Tomcat, and and that puts that's a given in against 
Captain Tomka. And the, the other one I'd give a mention that is fired away. He's, he's been, you know, quite prolific over fences since changing yard. And um, he, he's definitely not without a chance. But just looking through, that's a given for him tonight. One seven over fences. Um, but most of the efforts were over the trip. He probably doesn't get. Um, I think he's coming here with, um, with a decent chance. And, you know, he doesn't have to be well in. His mark only has to be realistic to be taken on over hyped horses. Okay, so um, that's three for Captain Tomcat, who's uh, going to beat the Irish. And let's go over to Ireland now. We're moving on to the Curragh. First one we're going to look at is the Paddy Power Sapphire Stakes, Group 2, Five Furlongs. I feel like this is one where Andy would be in his absolute element taking us through this race, but unfortunately he is not here today. So, <laughs> do you want to... Um, oh, I'll give you the I'll give you the betting first. We've got Logo Hunter, who seems to be a bit of a pod favourite. Um, he is the 6-5 to favourite. Romantic Proposals next in at 7-2. to two. Measure of Magic, Fours, Gustavus Weston, Nines, Make a Challenge and Muniesta are out at 11s. And then we've got Erison Syke at 40s and Strong Johnson at 100 to 1. So, Steve, is it Logo Hunter all day long for you? Uh, it was originally. I, I, I know Andy loves this horse. And he, he did say before he won last summer that he thought he was going to be the best sprinter in Ireland this year. But mm-hmm. I suppose if he went back here, Make a Challenge probably would be in that position but um i don't know if you look at logo hunter's beating romantic proposal measure of magic's beating logo they've all sort of mishmash of beating each other but logo hunter seems to be the one that's improved the most recently um i'm sort of along them lines but six to five short the thing what's thrown a spanner in the works was um law of indices winning in france last week at 30 to one he was he was fifth in the he was fifth in the, was it the Commonwealth Cup. It was a Commonwealth Cup. It was a Diamond Jubilee. I've gone blank there. It was a Commonwealth Cup, wasn't it? He was he was fifth yeah. in uh, beyond Campanella, major symbol. Measure of Magic was third in that race. The fact that's gone and won at third, I know it's one of Dex's old favourites from last year, wasn't it? In Law of Indices, but um, Eclipse of Indices, Class. yeah, the Eclipse of Indices. So. For me, I'm sort of I'm sort of on there. I'm sort of giving Measure of Magic another boost to the form and. I'd rather back him at four to one and back a six to five shot. You, you okay. nearly mentioned the winner, Steve. Go on, the winner. Go on, no, I'm going to. I'm with Measure of Magic, but I'm. I'm not got too much to say on the race, really. I think that's fair enough. Look, Measure Measure of Magic was third in that race behind Campanella, and it was really heavy ground that day, wasn't it? It's n- not going to be anywhere near that bad at the weekend, yeah. and of logo already. Go on, Steve. Yeah, no, so he was dropped out that day as well. So it weren't like he'd come late and it was a furlong out. He was bang there, but he just sort of probably tied in the ground a bit. It was just the fact that Laura Vindice has come out and beat Thunder Moon last week. It's just give it a real a real boost in the right direction for me. Okay. Um, Deck, what are you thinking on this one? You won't be taking up, you won't be having a six to five shot, will you? No chance. Absolutely not. No. Look, he is exciting and he has improved an awful lot since um since the spring but we haven't really seen him step up and grade have we we haven't you know it, it's unfortunate that we haven't really got to see what he's made of and it's still an unknown and you know um he hasn't proved but 
we just don't know how much yet. So while we don't know, there is some holes to be picked in that form. And you know, Measure Magic, there was a big run in the Commonwealth, and I'm not sure. Um, not sure the five four longs is gonna fit, gonna suit uh, Measure Magic against Logo Hunter. Um, she's beat him over six four longs, and look, he is quite fast, Logo Hunter. So, uh, I I think he probably have her covered. Um, romantic proposal. She won a listed race here over six four longs. Again, she looks held by Logo Hunter over five four longs. Uh, Gustavus Weston won the Greenlands on heavy, but you have to say held by Logo Hunter. Like, I'm, I, I do want to take him on. I'm not saying he's a bad horse. We know he's a very, very good horse, and he has the beatings of most of this. Uh, make a challenge was, you know, very admirable horse. But he, he's definitely best with cutting the ground, and he hasn't quite found the form that he had last season. He hit a nice spell last season where he picked up um, a, a good few races. The, the big, big danger to Logo Hunter, I think, is Muniste. And I gave her a shout, uh, Jordan Ascot, and the ground probably went against her. And she's just very, very interesting, having won over five four-longs in April. She gave way to Logo Hunter at Cork, but she's getting away from him here. And I just think the price is way too big. I think she's a little bit disrespected. Um, you, you would have to say Logo Hunter is, is the most likely winner, but she is probably the fly in the ointment here. And I'd be happy to have a, a punt on her and, and take him on. Yeah, I think that difference in weight and only being a length behind Logo Hunter that time at Cork, that it wouldn't be too out of the question to turn that round. So, yeah, I'll let no, you and off and that it's really, you know, when, when, when you, you know, when you discuss that and, and you have a look at it and there is a swing in the weights and the, like what she she's about 12 to 1. It's yeah. way too big. You know, she's good value here. Um, now, it could turn out that 6 to 5 is very, very good value about Logo Hunter. If he's improved that much that he's head and shoulders above all it is and he he is, you know, proper group one sprinter and he's going to go to Britain and win those sprints in the future, 6 to 5 is value. But we just don't know that yet. Um, he hasn't really been tested, but there is some holes to be picked there, and you know, she she's put up to him before. In fairness to Logo Hunter, though, you know he can only win, he can only beat what's in front of him, and he's answered all the questions that have been asked of him this season so far, hasn't he? So, of course, um, yeah, of course. I just think with the swing of the weight, it's too big a price. It's it's yeah. more the price of Mooney's then. Okay, um, Chris, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with Deck there? I think that's quite a good shout on Moonista. Yeah, I, I, I echo Dex's thoughts, really. It's not really a race that I've a huge opinion on myself. I'll hold my hands up and say that um, Logo Hunter should be the favourite. Luke's an improved horse cheer. Uh, I think Romantic Proposal stepping back to five could be an interesting, an interesting angle, I think, because she showed a lot of pace last time at the end. Logo Hunter does tend to idle a little bit towards the end, I feel. I think she'd be staying on the best, but not really one for me going in. I think Logo Hunter will win. Maybe a reverse forecast with Romantic Proposal. Oh, having the reverse What's forecast. That's big. Big ball. Big smile. After a refreshment break, did you, Steve? Don't worry. Don't worry about us. I'm all right, Steve. Don't worry. Um, okay, so a bit of a mix there. We're going for Measure of Magic, um, a bit of a sniffer, Romantic Proposal, obviously Logo Hunter, the um, 
the very short price favourite and Munista as well. So on to the next one then. The well, snowfall is, is chilly over there. Um, we've got the Irish Oaks, a mile for Group One for. Well, her her price is not chilly though, is it? Her price is not chilly. I'm it should be short, at, shouldn't it? I'm looking at 130 on in front of me. Um, we won't say the bookie that I'm looking at, obviously, because remember to sign up with Skill Bets. Um, following her at. Six to one is nicest. We've got Divinely, who I think you've given a mention to a few times this season, haven't you, Deck? Um, she's at tens. We've got Willow at fourteens. Party House twenty fives. Laja Cond, one of Andy's thirty threes. Mariesk at thirty threes as well, and a handful of Summers brings up the rear at sixty sixes. Steve, as you've uh, been off for your refreshment break, we'll come to you first. Who you is it? Snowfall all the way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think each race, each well, yeah, it gets out to beat her forecast, but um, I don't know. I don't, I don't bet on them sort of prices, but there'll be plenty of people thinking that's a really good price, like the big hitters. This is whatever they can get on it, I suppose. But I suppose after the music door, we were knocking the form a little bit when we sounded got an uncontested lead, slowly dictated and went away from them. But the Oaks, I suppose, and then you're getting people saying, Well, the ground was messed up in the Oaks, so. What was the old second? Was it Mystery Angel, wasn't it? Second in the episode. Yeah. yeah. So it ran poorly at uh, Haydock last week, wasn't it? But Santa Barbara's come out and won America. Um, Finally. Divinely rear poses, uh, finished fourth since. I, I hope Snowfall wins because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking further ahead towards the arc. You know what? I, I want to see a real top race of all these horses. Like There's Snowfall. a lot of good fillies going into Wonderful the arc already. Like Tanawa. Love won't run on soft, so you can probably scrub yeah. her. But Hurricane Lane went and done a business the other night. You know, it's something to really look forward to if, if they can all stay in one piece. But mm-hmm. I, t- I don't know what you're looking at. Look at us. Willow was Willow went well last time against a filly that Andy was really sweet on. I can't remember the name of it, but um, I'd probably look at her 14 and one for probably chase her own. But I'm hoping Snowfall wins. I, and I just hope it weren't a fluke, Epsom and, and York. You know, you just. I just want to see these in October in the first week in Paris. But have you got a bet on snowfall for the arc then? Uh, I haven't. No, um, I think you could back her and uh, what was it? A wonderful tonight. I think you could probably back and blind and have two runners. Yeah, I've already got my bet on wonderful tonight. Each where? No. Did you get, what, before Ascot or after Ascot? Um, before. Worst tracks I've ever been. Price didn't really change too much. I got twenties. Um, did I get twenties? No, twenties was Mare Australis. I think I got maybe about sixteens, and she's come into sort of twelves ish now. Or last time I looked, I anyway. Sure, eight or nines, I think. But yeah, good fair play. But um, she's powerful as well, isn't she? You know, she she goes through the ground and she don't stop galloping. Um, yeah, and you know, we they love a V soft at Longchamp, don't they? So. Oh, yeah. She'll certainly like that. Yeah. I was looking That's at flights last night. The flights. Okay, Chris. So, are you are you hoping for snowfall as well? Yeah, it just wins. Just move on. <laughs> okay, Deck. Uh, I I think I think Willow to follow snowfall home is the most obvious choice, and you know, 
snowfall certainly not a back of a price for me but as they rightly said she could be at that price she could be value for for some people but you know willow's form you know she's won the Austral at nice uh she was last at epsom but you'd be happy to put a, a line through that on that yeah. ground um and she's been behind insinuendo and thunder kiss at nice like it's really really good form when you go through the rest of them you know nice is toward in the ribbons there but you know slightly ahead of of divinely divinely looked to be traveling really really strongly into the race at epsom and she just didn't look like she stayed oh, well. you know uh, now you could argue make an argument that's the ground as well but yeah i just think um i just don't think she she stayed strong enough uh party house you know behind willow at nice uh Lager Khan down the field at epsom um joseph o'brien's horse behind willow again and a handful of summers probably just isn't good enough and um willow's probably should be second favorite really i think i i think um it well look it hasn't really it, it rained on sunday all day but it's very very warm all week so it's so going it might be some knockers on the distances, you know, like if you're back in over three, over four, or whatever. But yeah. it's yeah. I, I it's the it's, first classic winner of the season for Ryan Moore in the for Coolmore. I, I'd say it's uh, odds on to be um, firm to yielding on <laughs> firm to yielding on, uh, on, on Saturday. Not okay. You are. That sounds like a nap to me, betting on the ground at the cover, to be fair. Yeah, and the yearling. Look, it, it's going to be fast unless they overwater and we get a lot of rain, but it's been very, very warm all week. Like, I'm doing the podcast outside tonight. Um, it, It's absolutely boiling. Regardless of the flying ants. No, they, they've gone to sleep, I think. None of them in the world, you know. Lit, lit a few candles, those lemon ones. Chris, where's Paddy Brown Bear's beer mats? Yeah, there's a few people's beer mats that need sending out. I finish work this weekend, uh, so I will get everything out this week. Don't you worry about work? that, Paddy. I've got everything you, you need. Work. And we should probably say, Paddy, <coughs> what a shout last week from Paddy, actually, for that, that the double. Um, big double. So she, when he messaged me, though, he didn't do it, did he? Uh, no. Yeah, it was a tilt it and... Um, tilt and was it... Oh, my days, what was it? I don't know. It was still my fancy. He'll tell us anyway on the back. Was it Hookham? Hookham, Hookham. 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 Yeah, look, look, it's a a little disappointing this race. You know, I I don't think it was a fluke by Snowfall because she's done it twice. Now, was the ground bad at York? Is is she not going to handle it? Could it be a bit lively for her? I don't know. Even if it was a bit lively for her, the style in which she's won or two races, nothing's gonna lay a glove on her really, are, are they? Like, you know, um she'll probably improve for good ground as a bigger, stronger three year old. We've only seen her twice this season, so she's quite exciting. And I think Willow will will follow her home. She's she's the best form of the rest of them. Okay, so it sounds like that's uh, a bit of a tip for a forecast there from the podcast. That's what we that like to see. Okay, so we'll move on to the last one for Saturday then. We've got the Paddy Power Scurry Handicap. This is six and a half furlongs. Um, we are top of the market. We've got Ice Cold and Alex, who's 13 to two. Gulliver at sevens. Marbling and Speaking Colours are both eights. <coughs> Crown, nines, and then tens and bigger the rest. We've got 19 runners here. 
nearly 60k to the winner um Chris, let's come to you lots of big we prizes. would love to get we would love to get 60k yeah. wouldn't we? we would love a summer chase this is 60k for the winner as well not like for the, the winner <laughs> this is just crazy money. crazy crazy listen, money listen um, oh Brits are going over here. And, and fair play to us Brits with David O'Mara going over here with, with Gulliver. You know, fair play to him. Because he's going for the prize money on this with this. Well, he's got the target on his silks, hasn't he? Well, look, yeah. I, I used to back um, I used to back the, the Raiders blind in these sprint handicaps at the corner, but it is changing a bit now. Um, we, we do have, you know, t things have changed. We've more group races um, of our sprint distances now, and uh, we have our first Group One sprint, uh, the one on Ch on Champions Weekend. So it is swinging a little bit, but Andy Capper has always given your sprinters a chance. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's given Gulliver a chance, I think. Is that who you're going for then, Chris? Oh no, 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 no! I'm not going for <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, oh, please take us through the race. The floor is yours. <laughs> Well, it'll obviously be popular back at the Curra again, won't he? Really well. Ice Colin Alex will be finishing late. He always has that lace button, and, and when the money comes, seems to be coming for him actually in the last few weeks. There's one, I, there's one I do like in here, and I, I, I've been watching it run since it, it moved from France, and that's Marbling. I think he's on the right side of the draw here under Colin Keane. I put him in my tracker um, on the back of his first run in Ireland, two starts back, and the waiting tactics. You know, they didn't really come into fruition. He's met trouble in running on more than one occasion. Uh, a little tiny bit unsure about the drop to six and a half, but I'm holding on to the fact that it's going to go quite a decent gallop here. And I do think that far side is the best place to be. Would you agree with that, Deck, on the on that far side, them lower numbers? Depends on the ground, doesn't it, I think? Mm. It, yeah, it, it, it does depend. Like, um, it's hard to know. You, you won't know mm. until um, the weekend. Yeah. I'm but just like going to... They've often come up the, the stand rail. You know, all this mm. season they've come up the stand rail at the core. Them colours ring bells, didn't they? Marbley, I can't think of that. There's another horse. Them colours really ring a bell. But, it, Chris, isn't it funny at the core? Isn't... It's backwards or something, isn't it? So the low numbers are... Where did you say low numbers are? The far side? Far side. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. It, it's the opposite of everywhere else. Mm. So they're usually closer to you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think you're right? Yeah, low numbers are the far side. Of, yeah, at the corner, but they seem to have come up. But look, we've had days where it's been, we've had rain leading up to the corner. Like the, the Guineas weekend, it was very, very mm. wet. So, um, it seems to have been wet every time we, we've had these big races at the corner, and and they've come up to the stand rail. So. Maybe yeah. we see a switch the weekend if it doesn't rain. Well, listen, I'll take marbling anyway. Eight to one, uh, not a bad each way price. Yeah, uh, uh, Collins back on board. That's the main thing. I think he'll be staying on late on over on that side anyway. Um, Steve, I'm just looking up their their colours. The other one that I can see is amber kite. Not one that I don't think I recognise that yeah, one. Yeah, maybe that maybe I'm wrong. I just just look familiar to me, but anyway. Okay, yeah. um, in this race, then uh, these will take turns and they beat each other, really. Um, there's an old horse here, Chris on Hale, an ex Roger Varian horse, Chris. What's I know what you're gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> cost me an absolute full guy, a massive gun. And yeah, go laugh, laugh a minute, laugh a minute. Yeah, it was a 
Max Toom, I'll make Toom's son. Yeah. I think you know, yellow colours are varying colours, but um, he was a soft ground. He was a really strong traveller. He, he won a couple of listed races, I think. He won a big sales race at Doncaster as a two-year-old, but anyway, I bug up my fingers, really burning the air, air or gold cup or the silver cup a few years ago, but he's done well since going to Ireland. Um, the only thing is, I think if there's a lot of rain, he'd have a, he'd have a big chance. Um, I'm looking at it now, it's like a pin, sticking a pin in these, but Verhoeven was impressive last time, sort of led all the way. No, sorry, come late, but he's a, it was a powerful win. That was on, uh, I think it's Derby weekend, but I'm looking at Ice Cold Alex, his favourite, but Joe Sheridan on ball taking five off, eight stone five. He's got to have a big chance, hasn't he? Um, I like Ice Cold Alex, but if it, if it pissed down the rain, I'll, I'll be having a little saver on laugh a minute. Okay, you're going to stick with him then. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> may as well, one more time. Everyone's skin. <laughs> Deck, who are you looking at in this race? Uh, I, I think speaking colours definitely deserves a mention. You know, he's run in group ones and he's competed in, in group races really, really well. This is his trip. This is his track. Uh, he, he's plenty of group experience. Uh, he won the a group two here, I think the Greenlands. Um, he's top weight, but he could well be just a cut above days. But one that's just jumping out at me, uh, way down the market, is the um, in the Lady O'Reilly colours, the Dennis Hogan filly, uh, Gramata. Is that how you say? Yeah, Gramata, yeah, Gramata. Uh, you know, she ran in the car handicap behind Logo Hunter and Moonista. All her runs have been over 44 long, but she's finished them well, she's finished them all staying on. And I, I think she has proven she can mix it with good horses. And I just think this trip is, is going to bring out a lot of improvement. If a seven-pound climber up, is he Clifton? I don't actually know her. I don't know anything about her. But um, if she can just hold on, well, they go as fast as they can. Sounds um, like dogs are barking in your garden, eh? Can you hear the dog? It's li listening to your tips. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I I think I I think it's standing out stepping up and trip here. All the runs over five four long. Um staying on in every race, finish them all well and you know looks to be crying out for a trip and yeah, I, I think you could see a bit of money for this horse on, on Saturday. Okay, so we've got Gramata, 14s, Laugh and Minutes at uh, 10s, and Marbling for Chris at 8s. So let's move over to Sunday then, last two to go. We are on to the Minstrel Stakes, which is Group 2 over 7 furlongs. Nearly 60k to the winner here. Again, you know, we'd love that money. Yeah, we have loads of money over here. If we get it all off the EU, you see. Shouldn't have left. <laughs> Put it back into rest. Absolutely rolling in it over there. Um, so we've got Order of Australia at um oh well, I haven't got prices actually. Have you, no, you, have you guys got prices? You haven't got any prices. We're going to Sunday now, are we? We don't even yeah. have decorations. Yeah. Did you say you've got any prices from no. um from Stu? No. No, there's okay, no. So um, looks to be a 15-runner field. Some kind of big names to pick out. Let's look at um, Ace Aussie. There's a case of you. Speaking Colours is is here as well. I guess he won't run. Um, Njord, who 
I I think will prefer it soft, really. So it might be a little bit good for him, but we'll see. Um, Order of Australia too. So, um, Deck, I'm going to come back to you if you don't mind. Who are you having a look at here? What do you think? How do you think this race is going to pan out? Uh, it's it's a difficult one to accept, uh, to assess because we don't have the declarations. But yeah, um, out of Australia, surprise winner at Keeneland and you know down the field against average milers. All his you know all his runs have been either ten or twelve furlongs, and then um, he he comes out in Keeneland, wins over the mile. But then you know I said last week that I, I think that. Apart from the re, you know, there's a couple of top class horses, just Palace Period, obviously. The rest of the Moilers, they would be running in seven four long races if there was, you know, any more depth to the Moil division. It's quite poor, although we are looking at a really good horse in, in Palace Pier and hopefully Poetic Flair. And um, hopefully when he, when he goes up against the older horses, he proves he is a top class horse. But I, I think the division is, is very, very poor. If it was any deeper, a lot of those horses would be running in seven four-long races, and out of Australia was well beaten by a lot of them. So he's obviously coming back to seven four-longs here, but you know, it's hard to know. Obviously, he he has some ability, you know, some level of class to go and win a, a Group One in the states, but maybe that was just ideal conditions, um, tight tracks, fast ground. You know, maybe he just tries on that. A current option has a fine record of our um, seven furlongs, but he's never actually won at the Curra. He has gone close a couple of times. Uh, Niard, I, I think, will have an outside chance if he turns up, and I think he's developed into you know a seven furlong group horse. I think um, Sheila Lavery looked after him really, really well, and he's just kept improving since he's gone to Jesse, and he's developed into a, a nice horse, and yeah, this is level now. Group races over seven furlongs. Um, they're not always the best horses around, but they're, they're sort of specialists, and that's what he looks to be. Um, the, there's three horses. I just actually, I, I mentioned Ace Aussie. I can't believe he's turning up here because he looked like he needed to step up in trip. Me and Andy actually discussed backing him for the derby. Yeah. Uh, and he's back to, to seven here. There's three of them I like. Uh, a case of you. He lost his shoe at Ascot. Um, but you know he's ran a he's beat by logo he actually beat logo hunter at Dundalk. um but i think seven furlongs is really really going to suit him uh and i think if he turns up he, he has a definite chance i think aiden's horse cartoon ahead of cinewan the last day and he ran a big big race behind uh, one of the mitchell brothers today i can't i can't remember which one it was it was you know i i think it was i think it was grant actually yeah, uh, we, we haven't heard from Phil in a while. It was Grant, yeah. It was Grant, yeah, yeah. You know, coming back down to what trip was that today? Nine furlongs, is Nine furlongs. Nine furlongs. More <laughs> one around Leperstown, and uh, you know, just make him feel feel like the daddy again. Um, look at two races he's won this season, isn't it? In fairness, yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, he, he was a judgment in the national winner, and it's, it, you know, it's. It's it's sad to see that that's his level now, and you know it's a bit like you know football for all. There's there's a level for all his horses, but he mm. he doesn't look in love with the game to me. Um, and I think power under me, not far behind the KCU, and I think the three of them, you know, who knows if any of them turn up at this stage, but I think the three of them definitely have a chance here. 
I if, agree if with only you. One of them was to be torn up, but I'd be back in that one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anything to add to that then, Chris? You said you agree with those. I agree in a sense. I like power under me. I think that he will. I think a case of you will like the step up to seven, as will power under, power under me. I think power under me was caught on the wrong side of the track in the Lacken. Um, and he did, was, he was a little bit, um, it was a bit hampered later on and then stayed on again, you know, to finish in between Muniesta uh, and the case of you on either side. A lot of indices has actually come out and franked that form, hasn't it? So, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to, you've got to sit up and take note. I, I think that power under me is, is, is one for the notebooks going forward, definitely. Um, he'll probably be a bit more bigger price than a case of you. Well, you, you don't really know that, actually, because I know he lost the shoe at Ascot, but they'll probably look at that zero next to his name and put him a bit bigger. So maybe power under me will be a bit shorter. Um, but it'll be power under me for me. Okay. And, Steve, who, do you agree with the other two? Who do you think uh, is on top here? No, it's, just, it's tricky because we don't, we don't know what's going to run, do we? Like Aiden's got what's he got about four or five in a race. The thing about older Australia, he's not, he, he forced a pace at Keeneland. He's not led since, which is weird. He ran a shot in where he was held up and he was sort of he got to the front in the the Queen Anne and he was restrained. So I don't know, I don't know whether we're gonna see a different horse if he runs. Maker of Kings beat Ace Aussie, like Dex said, we was all sort of saying that Ace Aussie needs to step up. Probably does, but the current might suit better than uh, Leopardstown, you know, like a bit more of a galloping track, maybe a little bit more emphasis on stamina. I'd probably be willing to give it one more chance, to be honest with you, at the trip. But um uh, another interesting one at the bottom is military style. Um, he's not run this year, but he beat Van Gogh uh, last year as a two-year-old. Um, so that would be pretty strong for him. He hasn't run since he was ninth in the the National Stakes or whatever they call it, out of Futuri, uh, when Thunder Moon beat Wembley. So Mike Basilica was third. But, um, so that would put him bang there if he runs. Like, so, but until we, there's no prices anywhere, so we, we haven't even got a guide on what's going to run, but Monosib mm. was only only just behind Aussie Ace in the Poetic Flair Guinness trial. Aussie Ace. So there's there's sort of so much to go on, but without actually having any info. But I think I'd, I'd give Ace Aussie one more chance of the trip, even though I do agree with the boys that he needs a bit further. Okay, so a varied selection. It was caught wide at sorry, it was caught wide at Leopardstown as well, which I don't think so. I he was couldn't he keep no up getting out of the gates. Sorry, he, was, he couldn't keep up with him getting out of the gates. <laughs> he was he was last after fifty yards, like he, he couldn't. He couldn't. But then he had to come around him, didn't he? But um, he might get a bit more covering, and they're going to open up like the washing. And there you go. <laughs> Love that. Well, we've got a few things to look out for when we do get the prices. Um, probably tomorrow, won't we? So things to bear in mind there let's move on to the last race for the weekend then we are looking at the 355 at the cover on sunday one mile one furlong the kilboy estate stakes which is a group two um we've got one of yours in here steve create belief hey he's bought he's, he's got a cheer in this one isn't he got a cheer in this one do you want to start us off uh I told you who wins this race, Steve. Well, I did have a. I'm gonna. I can't claim you. I've not really looked at the race properly. Okay, Jack. Whilst he has a little look and a little ponder, do you want to come? Do you want to go first? No, I'll take it on the side. I'm gonna leave it. But obviously, we don't know if Divine is gonna run it. Come on. Who the data was? 
Udnatata. You keep giving me the tip of the horse. No, what was that? It ran at the top table last year, all the top fillies, and it, it ran all right last time in eighth. I just think if she runs... Eight out of eight. What's that? Eight out of eight. Eight out of eight for everyone blinder. Don, you take over, Dex. I know you've got one in this anyway, but I've, I've really got no opinion on the race. Yeah, look, there's a Philly turning up here. Um, it's quite unexposed, lightly raced, four-year-old Philly of, of Willie McCreary's. And she probably should be... <sighs> look, uh, I... I I think she would have learned a lot the last day. Um, she she's beaten Thunder Kiss and Willow and Ace, uh, and she ran on. I, th I think the penny dropped in in the pretty poly. Um, it, it's insinuendo. Uh, and I I didn't I seen her name, but waiting for her to run, didn't even bother looking at the rest of the horses. So if she turns up, get the wheelbarrow out. Yeah, she's got a great chance, hasn't she, Dick? Yeah, I, I think she's top class. And I think the penny dropped for her the last day. She began to run on um, in Thunder Nights when mm. Thunder Nights B Santa Barbara in the Pretty Polly in the Group 1. And she's coming back down now. Uh, I think she's the best horse in the race. And I think uh, she's definitely a horse to keep an eye on going forward. Um, I think she's going to be high class now that the penny has dropped. She, you know, I wouldn't even... Don't worry. As soon as she opens, just back her. Don't look at what's in the rest in the field. Okay, strong opinion there from Deck. Chris, what do you make of this? Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. She's a filly going places. She really is. That run last time, and she was saying on late, like Deck said, she couldn't get to those, but they'd already given her. They'd already got first run on her. I think, you know, give her another chance. This this looks a winnable group too. Even looking at the non-declaration stage here you know friendly's probably not going to run after a four-day turnaround there'll be others coming back from breaks here um holiga lightly won't run either um sense of style won't run sweet mother malone won't run blue brilliant won't run so you're probably looking at a, a field maybe of about six seven in this race hopefully eight then you get the each way but insinuating because we over the credit union now <laughs> insinuendo definitely <laughs> Okay, so that sums us up for the races that we're looking at this week then. Um, have any of you guys got any other particular shouts that you want to mention for the rest of the weekend? I've got one tomorrow and I'm, I'm really sweet on this. We had it last time. Um, it's actually a horse in the four, 505 at Newbury. Um, it's called Deputy. Um, I think he's still well handicapped. I put him up last time when he won. And I think he's still well handicapped. He's around about the two to one mark now, but that would be my only other one this weekend. Deputy for myself. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know, I, I love the fact that um, not only has Mr. Fatty complimented my tan, but he's also put a love heart at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Someone had punched you in the forehead. What? <laughs> He's been on a boat, hasn't he? I, have, I was out in my yacht. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I actually covered an extra race tonight. And, um, Stupid. Well, I realised that uh, I really, really fancy this horse. And it's had, man. He runs in the Anglesey on, on Saturday at the Curry. Uh, he's won twice. He's won twice since toured behind the Dr. Zemp. Now, I know Dr. Zemp was only toured um, the last day when there was a lot of money for him. They obviously think a lot of that horse, and he's probably going to turn out to be a really, really, you know, high-class horse. 
Uh, the second and third from the Gowran race have won, and the second from Navin has won, and I think he's got a big, big chance. I don't think we've any prices for this yet, but the tissue mm. prices, he was about six to one. He was far from favourite, but yeah, I, I think he has, um, I think he's a big, big chance here. Okay, Steve, any extras for you or yeah, anything else on, in the comments? I'll up one on Saturday in the Stevenson Stakes at Newbury. This is a race where uh, real world goes also. Blew the Hunt Cup field away. I like John Gosden horse Darab. Uh, it's a five to one shot. He ran in the French Derby. He was he was out wide all the way. He never got into the race. He was drawn wide. He stayed wide, and he ended up falling away late. But before that, he looked good. Um, he looked progressive, and so Mark Basilica bolted away with a race. This is a major dropping class. He's back amongst handicappers. He's getting nearly a stone from Real World and Solid Stone. I'd be disappointed if he doesn't. Go has Gosden had a, had a winner this season, has he? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's had a few. Stop giving the drugs to the horses, is it? You watch that language. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Right, well, um, I think that covers us then, doesn't it? Unless oh, hang on, Lauren, let's just talk about this. Hang on. <laughs> We, we got a call no, today. Tell us your little say, story, uh, Dick. Come on. Sorry? Tell us your little story. Come on. Well, it's coming Rome. I don't know whether you've heard, but, you know, I don't know what you were doing last Sunday because we're probably all busy wrecking the place, fighting each other. You know, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you, if you weren't so busy storming stadiums and, you know, smashing up the place and fighting each other uh, last week, you would have seen that Italy won the, um, the European Championships and it's actually heading to Rome. So, um and then the okay Alini. It turns out his mother's actually from Kerry. No way. <laughs> and they call her the okay Alini. So <laughs> you know, unfortunately, I, I think we're actually going to get Keon Dana. I, I think that's what the name will be because it doesn't seem to be taken. But we 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 got confirmed today that we got our colours and uh the syndicates registered. So you know, I let you know in about three years' time. I'm, I'm wondering about why why is Irish Jesus not up there? Sorry? Why is Irish Jesus not on there? <laughs> well look, it was it was I'm only one part of the syndicate. You know, I, I know I'm the <laughs> race. Take over. Yeah, but you're the most famous one. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I look I'm planning the races, don't worry. And nobody backed this horse for around three years, right? I'll let you know. Oh, you let us I, know. I'll give you the pee in about three years' time. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Going off in the chat, here he is. Yeah, no, look, sorry, demo, sorry, but uh, you know, it's it, it, it's it's a syndicate. There's a lot of us in there, so don't worry. I'll get you some money though. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Thanks for joining me, lads. Thanks for uh, behaving. You've all been very good um yeah so good luck everybody with your bets this weekend and we will don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you next week see you later yeah, cheers Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Head on over to our handle at USO Podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode. 